Several years ago, Teresa and I used to really enjoy whitewater rafting. And it's just something about being out on the raft and you're floating down the water and you're just enjoying it. And when it's really sunny and hot out, you can spend some time in the water and then you get back in the boat because here come the rapids and you're just tumbling over the rapids and uh, having to paddle on this side and paddle on that side and work together. And, And one of the times that I remember, though, it wasn't that hot and it wasn't that sunny. It It was... We, we signed up and we went, this sounds really awesome because we get to do, if we sign up for this trip, we get to do a class four waterfall. A class four waterfall is about a 13 foot drop. And so uh, we, we, it was cold and because if you don't have enough water coming off, then uh, it doesn't work and you crash. And so you have to go when the waters are really rushing. And um, because of that, you're going fairly early in the season when it's still cold. So you've got the wetsuits on and the water is cold and the air is cold and everything's cold. And we shivered our way going, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. It's going to be a lot of fun when we go over the waterfall. And right before we got to the waterfall, the, the boat pulled over and the instructor said, okay, now listen up. I have to give you some instructions about how we do this, because if we don't, it will not be fun. He said, here's the deal. I'm going to say paddle, 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 and you're going to paddle as hard as you can, because we want to completely clear the waterfall. If we don't completely clear the waterfall, then our front end goes like this and we end up upside down. He said, if we don't, if we come all the way out and you do land it, but you don't get far enough away because the water is splashing down from the waterfall, there's actually a back current and it will suck you back and you end up with waterfall on your head. Also not fun. He said, so I'm going to say paddle, paddle, paddle. You're going to drop down into the boat when I say now. And then I'm going to drop down into the boat and we're going to coast over the edge and everybody's going to hang on tight. Now, should you fall out of the boat and get sucked back into the waterfall, do not try to swim. And I'm thinking... Why did we sign up for this? He said, do not try to swim because what will happen is as that water is pounding down, it will swirl you back and you will not be able to tell which way is up. But I promise you, if you just tuck into a ball, it will kick you out and we will pick you up downstream eventually. I almost portaged. Well, we went, okay, this is it. He said, we're going to practice right here on the shore. Paddle, 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 down! And everybody dropped down. All right, he goes, that that was pretty good. Let's try it one more time. Paddle, 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 down! Okay, we got it. Push this out into the current. He goes, paddle, 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 down! And we paddle, 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 down into the boat. And it went over the... And we coasted out. And I'm like, yes! And we looked back and we watched the boat behind us not quite make it. 
and back into, I mean, they, they cleared, they didn't do one of the end over ones, but they didn't quite get far enough out, and so it got pulled back a little bit, and one of the guys got spit out into the boat, out of the water, and they did pick him up downstream, so they were right about that part. But I think that that guy that got sucked out of the boat by the splashing water, his ride was a little less fun than everybody else's. But, but that's the thing about whitewater rafting is, is you have to listen to the instructions and you have to be prepared ahead of time for whatever kinds of waters you might find yourself in. Whether it's the, the smooth, calm waters, yeah, go ahead and swim. It's sunny out. The water is calm. It's beautiful. We're going to have a great time. I'll let you know when to get back into the boat before we hit the next rapids. Or if you're going over a class four waterfall, how do you handle that? And when we're looking at the scriptures this morning, there, was, uh, there is a tie-in, I promise. As we're looking in the scriptures this morning, what we see is instructions for the same kind of thing. How do we make it as life throws us these curveballs and as we have different kinds of waters that we're traveling down? How do we make it? And so uh, we have uh, Psalms 42 and 43 this morning, and you'll see in just a few minutes why we put them together. But at, at the beginning, there's this heading to the choir master, a masculine of the sons of Korah. Now, you'll notice right away that, that this is one of the first psalms that we've come to that is not a psalm of David. As we're working our way through the psalms, this is a psalm of the sons of Korah. And some of you are going, Korah, that name sounds familiar. I think I remember a story about Korah from the Old Testament. And you do. You do remember a, a story about Korah and his rebellion and how infamous he was for uh, this rebellion and how the, the Lord opened up the ground and swallowed up him and some others that were also rebelling against Moses and Aaron. But not all of Korah's family got swallowed up in that. And uh, uh, in God's great plan, some of his sons then became workers in the temple. And they were the gatekeepers and musicians and song leaders. And here now we have this great redemptive story that these sons of Korah now are writing psalms that we get to sing and get to uh, encourage our hearts. This is one of the greatest psalms, I think, in treating what do we do with a heart that is in sorrow and struggling and discouraged how do we handle this? And this is, this is uh, not just any song, but a maskil, which is a song written for instruction. So th- this song wasn't just written to be beautiful poetry that you might enjoy it, but so that you might learn from it. And so that's how we're going to treat it. And now I'll, I'll read the whole thing through before we uh, go back and take it piece by piece. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go to the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Miser. 
Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to my God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people, for the deceitful and unjust man deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God. To God, my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. As we look at the beginning of this, we can tell, even just in a cursory reading, that what's happening here is the psalmist is, is in a place of struggle. There's stuff going on within him that he's struggling and he's hurting and he's in pain. And he's crying out to God. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. In, in that time of great thirst, when, when you're just looking for some flowing water, some, some gentle stream, something to refresh you, so my soul is crying out to you, O God. I, I'm just in this desperate place where, where my soul needs to be refreshed. And everything is difficult, and everything is dark, and everything is discouraged. And nothing feels quite right within me. There is this, this turmoil within me that is not, there's no peace there. And so he's crying out. And he's telling God, he's saying, God, in all that's going on, particularly within me, the only satisfaction that I can even imagine is if I could have you, if I could see you. And be in your presence. That is the only way I think my soul could be satisfied right now. While he's thirsting for God, for the living God, and wondering, when is it that I will come? When is it that I will appear before my God? When will I see him and be in his presence? While he's longing for that, what he has instead is his tears. My tears have been my food day and night. My tears have been my food day and night. He'd long to be satisfied with a refreshing water. And instead, all he has is his tears to eat. You've been in that place before where you just feel like you are crying and you can't eat. You've got... You've just got nothing left. You just pour it out and it's just all this energy and you wish for something to satisfy and to comfort and you can't, 
all you've got to eat is just your tears. And in that place, my tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? I don't know of a more unsettling question than that. At a time when uh, you are feeling uncertain about life and anxious about life and everything within you is, within, is in turmoil and somebody says to you, where's your God? I thought you trusted in God. I thought God was supposed to be your salvation. I thought God was going to help you out of this. Where's God in all of this? And the reason that it cuts so deep is because even you yourself are asking that same question. God, why is this happening? Where are you? How I long to be in your presence. How I long to see your face as my face is downcast. How I long to be lifted up and see you face to face and be encouraged. And yet I find myself crying out and going, hello. Where is my God? Where is my salvation? Where is it going to come from? These things I remember, he says in verse 4, as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. He's going, I, I remember, I remember, I, I remember those highs. I remember being with God's people and singing praises and it was so awesome and I was feeling like every single word that we sang was speaking to me and I was just rejoicing. And there I was in the midst of God's people. It was almost like I was leading God's people, bringing them into God's presence and we were celebrating all of the great things that God has done and that is not where I'm at right now. And have you been in that place where you think back about those things and instead of being a, a glad memory, it just makes now feel worse? I remember that. It was so wonderful. How can this be now? Why do I have to be struggling with this now? Why is everything within me so mixed up and so uncertain? How can I struggle so much when I used to be there? Why can't I be back there? I remember that. And right now with where things are at, I almost wish I could forget it. Because the memory of the joy of then makes the sadness of now even harder. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise and a multitude-keeping festival. It's like a great celebration and a huge party and lots of singing and everybody's happy and now, no.
And so in the midst of this, in being in that place, at first he cries out to God saying, God, this is where I'm at and this is how I'm feeling. And people are accusing me and asking me, where is my God? And I myself am wondering that same thing because I remember being in your presence and I'm not there now. And so he stops and he speaks to himself. And in verse 5 he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. Why, why am I this way right now? Don't you remember? Don't you remember being back there? Don't you remember? What it was like. Don't you remember how confident we were in God? Put your hope in Him again. Why be in so much inner turmoil? Put your hope in Him again. Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him. He is my salvation. He is my God. He, the, the psalmist is rehearsing and going, this is what I know. This is what I know. He is my God and He will save me. He is my God and He will save me. He just, he just rehearses it to Himself. He speaks it to Himself. And, and there are people here, I, I'm sure, who go, this just sounds really duplicitous to me. How can you have hope in something that you don't feel like you're having hope in? Isn't that just hypocritical? Isn't that just faking it? If you tell yourself to have hope, are you allowed to do that? You're just going to tell yourself, oh, have hope. Like it was that easy. But the reality is, sometimes we get into a place where our feelings are so mixed up that we have to tell ourselves what we know is true, even though it doesn't feel like that at the moment. We have to go back and go, I know that this is true. I'm going to cling to this and I'm going to reaffirm to my soul that this is true. And here's what he says. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Miser. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. He's gone, God, I... I'm crying out to you again. Right? He cried out and then he spoke to his soul and then he cries out again and he goes, God! I'm so downcast. I'm so frustrated. I'm so discouraged. And I, I remember you. I'm not back in your place with your people anymore. And here I am from afar, remembering back to those things. 
And it's just like I am being completely flooded and am underwater as deep cries to deep. And at the roar of your waterfalls, your breakers and your waves have gone over me. It's just like he went over that waterfall and didn't make it. And he got sucked back in. And the water came down from above and splashed him and pushed him deep down into the water. And he gets spun And he's tumbling and he's going, when is this going to be enough? Some of you have been in that place. Some of you are in that place even now. Where you're just wondering, am I going to come back up from this? I've been told to hang on. I've been told if I get thrown from the boat to just trust that the waterfall will kick me out. But as you're tumbling, you begin to wonder, is this going to happen for real? Or am I just going to be stuck in this tumble, getting crushed under these waves, over and over again, with no relief. When you get into that place, the reason that they tell you, don't try to swim, just wait for it to kick you out, is because you don't know which way is up. As the water is splashing you from from the top, and then swirling up, and then coming back down again, you don't know which way is up. Everything looks the same, Everything feels the same. You get totally disoriented. And while you're swimming, you might be fighting it and swimming yourself right back in. So just hang on for the ride and eventually it will kick you out. But it's going to feel like forever. You know those moments. You were underwater for what? 15 seconds? But three years later, you emerge. You didn't even know you could hold your breath for three years. And he says this, that deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love and at night His song is with me, a prayer to God of my life. Right in the middle of this psalm, he just pauses, and this verse is almost like it's out of context. You see the verses that come up to this point, and you'll watch the verses that come out of this point, and he just stops and goes, By day the Lord commands His steadfast love. And there are times that in the day you just do feel like His radiant love is shining down on you like the sun. And at night His song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. And then He cries out again, I say to God, my rock, here's my prayer, God, why have you forgotten me? 
Oh my God, who in the day loves me, who in the night gives me His song, why have you now forgotten me? Where are you? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? It's that question again. God, have you forgotten me? Are you here? Where are you? The enemy is like they've stuck you with a knife or something. You, like you've got a deadly wound within your bones. They, they just accuse, where is your God? Where is your God? They make you doubt. They make you wonder. Maybe he's not there. Maybe he just doesn't care. Maybe he can't help you right now. Why are you going through this? Where's your God who you say loves you so much? So he cries out to God and again speaks to his soul. Verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. He keeps, he keeps speaking it. Because at those times when you're underwater and you don't know which way is up, you just have to rehearse to yourself. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him. He is my salvation and my God. He is my salvation and my God. Can, can you read this with me? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him. My salvation and my God. He's repeated it, right? This, this verse is so important that we saw it in verse 5 and we see it again here in verse 11. This verse is so important that what I want you to do is I want you to write it down. If you've got a pen and a pencil, I want you to write it down. This is the kind of verse that you should have with you. You should keep it in your back pocket. You should write it on the mirror in your bathroom so that when you are discouraged... And when things are hard, you look at this and you go, why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. You have to write it down now. You have to write it down now, because when you're so discouraged, you're not going to remember to say this. When the darkness hits and you're getting tumbles, tumbled by the water, you don't remember to go to these. That's why you have to write it down. You have to put it someplace that you see it. You have to memorize it. You have to, to take it in so that it becomes a part of who you are. So that at those points of discouragement and when you are so downcast that you can just say to yourself, okay, this is it. This is that time. 
This is us preparing on the bank before we go over the waterfall. So that we remember when we go, should we fall out of the boat and get sucked into the waterfall, this is the thing that we're going to hang on to, knowing that eventually we shall again praise Him. The waterfall will kick us back out and we will pop up and we will go, Yes, I'm alive! You weren't worried about being alive when you were above the waterfall. You expected it. But when you were in the waterfall and being tumbled, you weren't so sure you were going to make it anymore. And then when you come out on the other side, we again praise Him, our salvation and our God. While His enemies have have been asking Him, where is your God? And He's saying, I'm going to hope in God. He's telling Himself, I'm going to hope in God. And then again, cries out, verse uh, chapter 43 now. Psalm 43, verse 1, he cries out. It's like this psalm is, is either a continuation or a response to Psalm 42. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? He's going, God, vindicate me. Vindicate me in the sight of my enemies. I have been saying that I would trust in you, and yet the enemies have been asking, where is your God? Where is your God? I thought He was going to be your salvation. And I've been telling myself, myself, God is going to be my salvation. So vindicate me and show yourself that I might see you and they might see that you are my salvation. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God. To God, my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre. Oh God, my God. Then, then afterwards, then I'm going to celebrate. They're going to pick me up and they're going to put me back in the boat and I'm going to celebrate and I'm going to be with God's people again. I'm going to be rejoicing with them. Do you notice that? How when we get into that place, when we so need God the most, but He feels so distant, and we so need the help and the community of God's people around us, it makes us feel as though we cannot be there. Why is that? When we're rejoicing and we're happy, then yes, we come in on church, to church on Sunday morning. We are so excited to see God's people and be with them. But when we are discouraged and downcast, it just is so much work to get there. It's just so hard to be there with His people. To sing those words. To read those scriptures. To get asked those questions. But oh, how we need it. Oh, how we need the community of God's people around us and how much we will rejoice when kicked out on the other side. We are again singing praises alongside them and not just singing it out of hope and out of discipline, telling our souls it, but out of the feeling of it and the rejoicing that once again we have been restored with our God and our salvation. 
Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God my God. And so one more time, he's not there yet, he's just still trying to rehearse it and cry out to God and speak to his soul. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. Three times we see this. Three times he cries out to God and says, this is the turmoil of my soul. And then he speaks to his soul and says, soul, you have to remember. You have to remember where our hope is. We're not feeling hopeful right now, but you have to remember this is where our hope is. Three times he does this. And as I think about this downcastness, this turmoil of the soul and the three times going to the Lord and saying, God, where are you? I cannot help but think of Jesus. Who, on the night that he was betrayed, after having that last supper with his disciples, went out to the garden with them. And in Mark chapter 14, starting in verse 32, it says this, And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. The soul of Jesus... The Son of God. He knew what the Father had in mind. He knew what the plan was. And yet he finds himself on the very edge of it, looking forward to the things that are about to happen and going, Pray with me. Because there's so much turmoil within me. My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet, not what I will but what you will. And he came and he found them sleeping and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you might not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away and he prayed saying the same words. And again, he came and he found them sleeping for their eyes were very heavy and they didn't know what to answer him. And he came the third time and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise. Let us be going. See that my betrayer is at hand. 
Jesus up on the very brink of bringing salvation to the world is looking at what is about to come and going, God, my Father, if there is any other way, would you take this from me? Because my soul is so sorrowful. And three times he prays and three times his friends just are not there with him. They just don't get it. Three times he cries out and yet he knows. He knows. He knows who God is. He knows that the salvation will come. He knows what he must do and why he must do it. And yet he cries out. And then he goes through it. The greatest sacrifice of all time. Jesus being completely rejected goes to the cross so that we might be saved. He goes to the cross. He dies on the cross. He's buried into the ground. On the third day, raised again and demonstrates both his own salvation and ours. So that we might confidently come to God and say, God, I don't get it. I don't know where you are right now. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I don't know why this is so hard right now. But I know that you have loved me and as your son walked through this, crying out to you and trusting in you, so I will cry out to you, I will speak to my soul and I will hang on. Trusting that if you sent your son for me, I will come out and will be saved. You are my Savior and my God. So why are you so cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. This morning we get to celebrate that salvation. We have the communion table here. We have the the bread and the cup. There's a, a table in the back and one here in the front. And if you believe that Jesus is your Savior, your salvation, then I would encourage you to, uh, during the next song, come up or go to the back and take the bread and the cup back to your seat. And then we will take them all together after the next song. And if that's not what you believe right now, then you can just reflect on the words of the song. There's no reason to um, be hypocritical and pretend here. There's, there's no reason to do that here. But we would encourage you to just reflect on the things that we've talked about this morning and consider, would this be a day to put your hope in God? Let's pray.